Rick Dolly Wall. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Rick Dolly Wall. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Rick Dolly Wall. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Rick Dolly Wall. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Dolly. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Rick Dolly Wall. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Dolly. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Rick Dolly Wall. Rick Dolly Wall. 801 on a Friday. Happy Friday, everybody. Halford Bruff, Sportsnet 650. Halford Bruff of the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura Dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. We are in hour three of the program. Rick Dollywall is going to join us in just a moment here to kick off hour three. Hour three is brought to you by Campbell and Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell and Pound. Visit them on the internet at campbell-pound.com today. We are coming to you live from the Kintech studio. Kintech Footwear and Orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over 2,500 five-star Google reviews. Find a perfect fit at kintech.net. To the phone lines we go. We are joined now, as the music suggests, Rick Dollywall, Canucks reporter from the Donnie and Dolly Show on Czech TV, right here on the Halford and Brush Show on Sportsnet 650. What up, Rick? All good. All good, gentlemen. Finally a win. Uh, back and forth, they've been going uh, 14 games, win-loss, win-loss, and uh, it was scheduled for a victory, and they got it last night. Um, what do you think was the key for them to turn around that slow start where it looked like, uh, I don't know, their legs were asleep? Well, Casey DeSmith, he hasn't played in two weeks, um, you know, and the Canucks don't get their first shot till the 13-minute mark. Um, they were being outshot 12-4 when... Uh, you know, the Canucks got their first shot. 26-8, the shot attempts for the Wild in the first period. DeSmith is now 5-2-1. and one, But what helped last night, 22 block shots. You know, JT Miller led the way there with six. Um, so that helps when the goaltender is playing that well. But then in the second and third, they picked it up, and they only allowed 14 shots in the last two periods of play. So, you know what? Um, bad start, good finish, and, and they, they it, I was thinking... Um, if they lost last night, what the mood in the city would have been because, you know, okay, you got Carolina, which is always tough under Rod Brindamore, and then you got Tampa Bay and and Florida coming, two, you know, very strong teams in the Eastern Conference, and then you're kind of wondering, okay, well, boy, this is a winnable game. This is a team that just had a coaching change, and you don't make a coaching change if things are going well. You make a coaching change because things are not going well. So, look, it was a game that uh, two points was there for them, and they they took it, and they get to move on and uh, get ready for uh, the Hurricanes. So I thought that yesterday uh, Phil Giuseppe would be back into the lineup and Andre Kuzmenko would be out. I was half right. Yeah. Phil Giuseppe yeah. was back into the lineup, but it was Linus Carlson that was made the healthy scratch. Kuzmenko um, starts on the fourth line, uh, but gets power play one time. What is the latest on the relationship, I would say, or the, we can call it the process between Kuzmenko and the Canucks? Well, I'm not hearing any panic uh, about that situation. Uh, the player's just got to play his way out of the coach's doghouse. Uh, that player-coach relationship is all based on trust. Right now, Tockett doesn't trust him when it comes to certain areas of the game, whether it be the four-check or anything else, mostly about his 200-foot game. Uh, those are the things that are getting Kuzmenko in trouble. 
Tockett's reaction to the Kuzmenko question after the Devils lost tells you all you need to know about where his frustration level is. But this player never shows frustration. Look at his interview yesterday, guys. Uh, what did he say? He said, I got to stay positive. I got to keep it going. And, and you know what? He, he, he's a pretty positive guy. Smart move by Tockett, though. Even though he dropped him to the fourth line, he kept him on power play one to keep him engaged and not totally deflate the guy's confidence. Now, uh, Kuzmenko's agent Dan Milstein uh, talks to the Canucks almost on a daily basis. No you know, yeah. Well, but he's just not about the guys in Vancouver. He's guys. He's got guys in Abbotsford and Canucks prospects and junior as well. He's got a really good defenseman in the OHL. No one ever talks about. But Milstein's got a very, very good relationship with Canucks management. I'm sure both sides are going to work hard to make it work before uh, anything drastic could ever happen. I just don't sense right now that uh, you know I know people say trade them and I say you know people uh, say you know move them but I, I don't think they're anywhere near that I think they're going to chip away work at this and make it work where the player and the coach are on the same page but it's up to the player really to do what the coach wants them to do he took the city uh, by storm last year I did not see the drop in production this year uh, for Kuzmenko I just didn't see it I don't think anybody did but it's on him it's always on the player here's your coach um this is what he demands it's up to you as the player to go and play the way the coach wants you to play yeah i think a lot of people predicted some regression but not to not oh, to, the point not that to we've this seen. level not to this no. no 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 uh, no, e- no ethan bear so we were talking about ethan bear uh earlier in the week and we were trying to put ourselves in his shoes on the one hand you might have a little bit of loyalty to the Vancouver Canucks um, because they maintain their interest in you and there might be a good fit with the Vancouver Canucks. But could you maybe get a better opportunity to play significant minutes with a team like, I don't know, the Toronto Maple Leafs who have all sorts of issues on, on their blue line? Um, do you think the Canucks are going to have some pretty significant competition for Ethan Bear when he's ready yep. to sign and when he's ready to play? A hundred percent. There's been a shift in the competition for Bear in the last, I'd say, a week to ten days. Um, the Canucks are not the only team that really wants him. The Capitals, Penguins, uh, showing interest as well, a ton actually. I was told to keep, two days ago I was told to keep an eye on an Eastern base team uh, when it comes to Bear. Canucks are still in the mix. I'm not saying they're not going to land him, but I'm saying that the competition for Bear has increased. A week ago, I really thought the Canucks were the front runners to land them. I, I just don't get that feeling anymore. I, I still, again, they could do it. They're still in it. There's four to five teams in on Bear, but that's what competition does. It drives the price up. The Canucks still have cap issues, and if teams offer Bear a two-year deal with decent money, and I'm going to guess decent money's in the two two point five. That's my guess. I, that that that's going to make it tough on Vancouver. I believe his agent Jason Davidson is going to start talking to uh, contract with teams next week. Uh, teams are allowed to travel to Kelowna and watch Bear work out. I believe a couple of teams have done that already. I don't think the Canucks are there yet. But, of course, you know, do they really need to go see him? They, he was in Vancouver yeah. playing for, you know, I mean, I think they know the guy inside out. Um, Bear is expected to be close to 100% after Christmas, but I'm told he is not far off from getting there to that 100%. Uh, he's getting there. He did not have to have this surgery, guys. Uh, it was optional, but I believe the shoulder will be better thanks 
to the surgery. But one thing I want you guys to keep in mind, Bear isn't the only defenseman the Canucks are looking at. They're scouring the league. And I keep hearing the Canucks still like Chris Tanev a ton. They, they like him a lot, but so do, so do a ton of other teams. Mm-hmm. Tanev is going to cost you way more than Zadorov. But the fact is, it, 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 they, if they get Ethan Bear, great. If they don't, you know, you got to go to plan B, C, D. And I, I think they're out there looking not at just one defenseman right now. I think they're scouring the league. Hey, Rick, where would Ethan Bear fit on the Canucks? Let's say Carson Soucy's well, back. So, because yeah. they're probably going to return around the same time. Let's say, let's say everyone's healthy on the Canucks, and I know that's yeah. a big if. There, there could be easily be injuries, and you always need extra defensemen. But right now, uh, let's or let's flash forward to after Christmas. Susie's back. Ethan Bear is back. Where would he fit in on this team? Well, second or third pair, and 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 you have to remember, uh, Myers plays his best when he's getting sheltered minutes in the third pair. So, do you have enough confidence in playing Bear in the in the second pair? Uh, if you if you move him to the third pair, you could Cole, move Cole over. Look, they like Ethan Bear. Who's okay. getting healthy scratch though? Okay, but that's fine. It's a good thing to have, isn't it? Isn't it a good thing yes, to Rick, have? Yes, don't, don't somebody... yell at me. I'm just wondering no, I'm from the yelling. Ethan Bear perspective, if he's sitting no. there going, man, am I going to sign up to be the seventh defenseman here? No, 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 no. He would never come here as the seventh defenseman. No, I, I don't believe that to be the case at all. You Which do not begs put... the question, what yeah. is the interest in Tyler Myers around the league? What is the Canucks interested in moving a player like Tyler Myers? I, I, don't, think, uh, I don't think the Canucks have make a, made a decision on Myers yet. Um, is that a closer to trade line, trade deadline issue every yeah. time I ask about Myers okay the biggest thing about Myers everybody wants him gone but who's going to take his 18 minutes like mm-hmm. like the whole problem and the issue is that Friedman and Juleson are getting a ton of time according to everybody that's complaining about the D the reason they're doing this is twofold they're trying to cut Hughes and Heronic's ice time down okay and that's one and if you have six competitive competent NHL defensemen you don't have to play Hughes 26 27 28 minutes every night and if you're going to be a playoff team you don't want that guy gassed heading into the playoffs so you know if you're if you're going to trade Myers okay so who 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 takes his 18 minutes are, are you comfortable with Friedman or Juleson taking his 18 so look they like Ethan Bear uh, if he plays in the second pair or third pair I don't think they would ever sign him and say you're the seventh defenseman I have not heard that at all he would be he would be coming in the guy's got 251 games in the nhl he would not come to vancouver and be the seventh d so i i think the plan with him is either second pair or third pair but time will tell but i i just uh, the way i'm hearing it uh yesterday and the day before there's a lot of competition for him and there's uh, there's uh, i don't think it's going to be a slam dunk mm. they get him They'll be in there. They'll try, but I don't. I don't think it's a slam dunk. If he signs back east, you know it'll be a pretty decent contract. Yeah, we're speaking to Rick Dollywall here on the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Rick, of course, Canucks reporter for the Donnie and Dolly Show on Check TV. Um, I'm trying to get a handle on what the rest of the available D-man market looks like because I think that's a reason why Bear would be such an enticing ad for a lot of teams. Is that the acquisition cost is just give him a contract. That's it. You don't have to try and trade for him. So right now there's Tony D'Angelo's name feels like it's been out there since the beginning of the season. Yeah. Right. And then Tyson Berry's name just hit the market. Chris Tanev is already out there. There's a guy in Philly. Uh, Uh, Sean Walker. Ilya Ilya Labushkin. Mm -hmm. Like it's not a great deep market. I wonder as we kind of pivot back to Tanev here and I'm seeing more and more reports about this. 
if Conroy, having already moved on from Zadorov, which I think he had to do because the trade was a trade request was out there, he wanted to get it done. Tanev feels like a guy that they can just kind of sit and wait on and see what happens until March 8th. And I wonder if a lot of other GMs are going to do that with their defensemen just to see where the market goes and what gets dictated. Tanev's hard because he makes four or five. So you got to make room for that, right? The Canucks did Zadorov because they smartly moved to Bavillier and, and it was, you know, Bavillier out and Zadorov in. The numbers work. Tanev's tough. First of all, the Flames are going to ask for, okay, what, well, a second round pick? And then they're going to, then they're, they don't want to retain on Tanev. So Tanev, as much as the Canucks like him, you could always wait and get Tanev on July 1st. And, you know, I know for a fact that Chris Tanev of loves the city of Vancouver. I know for a fact he loved it here. He's got good friends here. Um, if he hits July 1st, I know for a fact that Vancouver will be on his uh, list of destinations. He just absolutely never wanted to leave. He never wanted to leave. Yeah. And uh, so let me tell you about Tyson Berry. His agents got permission to talk with teams. Uh, to, to help facilitate, to facilitate, to facilitate a trade out of Nashville. Are the Canucks interested? You know his agent, Bain Pettinger, good guy out of Victoria. He's called Vancouver. Uh, Taylor just said, good guy. He knows Bain. Um, he, you know, you know his agent, Bain Pettinger, is called Vancouver, right? Trying to get him to the home province team. I don't get the sense right now the Canucks have interest in uh, Tyson Berry at the moment, but everything is always subject to change. Uh, the Canucks are getting a ton of offense from Hughes and Aronic. You asked, uh, Bruff, where would be the fit uh, for Bear in Vancouver? Well, where would the fit for Barry be in Vancouver? Oh, I because, don't see that at all. Well, he's a power well first play of all, guy. yeah, he's a power play guy. He's yeah. a points guy. And the, kind of the last thing the Canucks need yeah. right now is another point-producing uh, uh, defenseman. There are a lot of teams interested in Tyson Barry, but uh, that's a very good uh, veteran defenseman. But I was told as of right now, at the moment, uh, the Canucks, uh, the interest is just not there, and you can see why. And he's he's making over three million a year, you know, and a lot, and the Canucks are capped out. One of the problems that is being posed with Bear is teams are going to offer two years, and I don't think the Canucks want to go to two years. And if they have to, then the if you if you're Bear's agent and you and you're you're sitting there going, okay, you want to give me two years, then the money goes up, and then I I I don't know. I I, I think the Canucks would like to get bear for one year at a decent number but if teams start going to two uh, two years maybe it becomes difficult well yeah then maybe it becomes an impediment to signing chris tanif in the offseason um well that that's it but you know you talked about myers if you get myers six million off the books uh you still gotta don't forget you still gotta uh uh, extend uh, Zadorov mm-hmm. is, was something they both, uh, you know, that's not going to be cheap. And maybe that's Ian Cole gonna... if you want to keep him. Well, Ian Cole if you want to, uh, but Zadorov's not going to be cheap. Um, you know, he's over three, I think, last, yeah, he, I think he's over three. I don't think he's going down to one or two. Um, so you got to make room uh, for these guys. And, and the Canucks are still, as, as, as much as they alleviated some pressure with the, the Bolivier, there's still cap issues. And, um, you know, but there's a lot of money coming off the books this summer. Hey, Rick, I'm pretty excited for the World Juniors, not just because it's the World Juniors and I get excited every year. Uh, I can't wait to see the three Canucks prospects on Team Sweden. I'm expecting uh, big things from Lecker or Mackey, and then I'm actually not sure what to expect from Tom Willander and the other Elias Pettersson. Yeah, I, you know, I, I talked with the, the Swedish coach Magnus Havlid, um, 
you know, he, he knows that LeCarrie Mackey is going to be one of his key players, lean on him in this tournament. Havlet is uh, pretty impressed with LeCarrie Mackey scoring in the best pro league in Sweden. But, he, you know, here, here's the thing. And I go back to Rick Tockett, and you listen to him talk all the time. I love talking to coaches because, you know, unlike, you know, medium fans, they don't just look at goals and assists. Uh, Havlet was raving about LeCarrie Mackey's play without the puck, loves his hockey sense, how he reads the goalies, defensemen so well. Well, but he said this guy uh, plays without the puck as well. He really, really likes him a lot. Now, Havlet traveled to Boston a few weeks ago to watch Tom Willander play three games for Boston University. Mm-hmm. Very impressed with Willander's two-way defensive style. And just like uh, Willander's uh, coach told us, uh, he, he brought this up. Willander is a very strong kid, strength-wise, for his age. Now, he's not getting pushed around by you know, 21, 22, 23-year-old college players in the NCAA. He's not. Loves his uh, first pass, loves the steps he's taken at Boston U. So I think this uh, World Juniors, Canucks haven't been flooded with World Junior guys in the last few years, no. but this is going to be fun. And you know what? The Swedes are supposed to be good. But uh, one more thing. Havlid, uh, is, 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 he told me the Canucks should be very excited, uh, uh, about their future with these, uh, three kids. Um, absolutely. The Karamaki's having a good year. Willander's been very impressive. Like, I just can't find anyone that says anything negative about Willander this year. He's just, uh, his stock is rising at a pretty good pace here. So he was pretty happy about all three. I do want to say this one uh, thing to you guys. Uh, I know it was disappointing that the Americans did not select Hunter Buscavich, but the good news is the Canucks continue to talk to his agent about signing a contract, and it's all positive there. So um, it would have been nice to have uh, Buscavich there, but guess what? Um, there's politics in life. There's politics at work. There's politics in sports. And and guess I think he took the uh, politic. Uh, the, the, you can't tell me all all ten defensemen the Americans pick in the NCAA, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But it's not an OHL. T- don't say it's just because he's playing in the OHL in Canada because the Americans took three o- OHL kids as well forwards, right? Yeah, maybe they just had better options. Like, it doesn't always have to be some conspiracy theory. They just picked players. You might disagree with yeah, that selection, exactly. but that happens. It's not going to kill Hunter Brzezkiewicz's career. The the Americans, as we know, produce a lot of good hockey players these days. Oh, Rick, yeah. enjoy your weekend. Right. Have fun, buddy. All right, guys. Take yeah. care. Uh, Rick Dollywall from the Donnie and Dolly Show here on the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. <laughs> JD the Jerk texts in a new Dollyism. He's a strong kid, strength-wise. Yeah. <laughs> what was the other thing he said? He converted two words together. Facilitrade. Facilitrade. Oh, yeah, yeah, I like yeah, that. That was actually. a good one. Yeah. yeah. Let's get this, get some facilitating going. Why bother trying to facilitate a trade when yeah. you can facilitate? That actually works. Saves time. Cutting down the work. Exactly. Yeah. Um, okay, it re- let's do a quick reset here. We're going to try and we're going to do Ask Us Anythings and What We Learns, and we're going to make it tight, okay? Sometimes on Fridays, the Halford and Bruff show gets a little loosey-goosey. Jason gets starts breaking down hives. He doesn't like it. Yeah, it's like Bruce, there it is. Yeah, it's, it's just too much. It's loosey-goosey. Sometimes. Right. You know? It just needs to be tight. Mm-hmm. Just tighten it up. Structure. So, yeah, yeah, structure. Structure. Good here's, habits. We're going to get some, uh, here's what we're going to do. Coming up in the final segment, we're going to do some What We Learns. We're going to do Ask Us Anythings. We're also going to give away a $100 gift card to AJ's Pizza on East Broadway to the best Ask Us Anything submission. There's still a chance to win. We have not anointed the winner as of yet. If you want to win, come up with a good Ask Us Anything. The premise is very simple. All you got to do is ask us something, anything, if you will. Hashtag it AUA. 
Text the Dunbar Lumber text line at 650-650. Put a pizza emoji into your text. That can get you into the grand prize contest to win a $100 gift card to AJ's Pizza on East Broadway. Um, we are going to do what we learned. I actually wanted to do a what we learned from Clarky, who texted in earlier about an incident that happened last night that I, a lot of people may notice of, but we haven't talked about yet. Clarky, hashtag WWO, what we learned. What Clarky learned. Uh, I learned that Austin Watson belongs in Div 9 Beer League at eight ranks for his last second slap shot that drilled Jeremy Lozon in the Preds versus Lightning game last night. It was a Bush League move that Andrew Burnett said has no place in this game, and I agree. So if you missed this, Tampa Bay got the wheels beat off him last night, 5-1 in Nashville. It was a good old-fashioned Nashville beatdown. They were loud at the arena. They were playing country music. And then at the end of the game, as Clarkie uh, very descriptively wrote here, Watson wound up and just cranked a slapper right when the horn went. Now, I don't know if he was intentionally aiming at Lozon or not because... I mean, all due respect to Austin Watson, but like, I don't even know if he has the accuracy to do it. People are well. I think he was shooting on goal. I think he was shooting on the goal. He was out of the way. Yeah, was he? Was he? Or was he slapping it in anger? Like just no. I think he was. I think he he was trying to shoot. Yeah, I think he was just like it was like seconds left in the game. You're like, I'm at least going to put this on net. So he got two front sportsmen like in a ten minute misconduct. Um, The thing. This is a sort of like low level beer league move. If you do it intentionally, right? Where it's like that guy's being a dick. He's trying to hurt someone at the end of the game. Mm -hmm. So he's seen it in the NHL before. We have. Yeah. Did Daniel Alfredson? I was just gonna say the Cup final against Mm -hmm. Anaheim. He shot it at Niedermeyer. Right. Yeah. I have the clip right here. I'm not gonna play it. it. (laughs) No, it's not great audio. It's just we're tight. We're gonna be Remember, tight, tighten up, tighten tightness. Up. Tighten I was, up. I was just thinking yeah. about it, so I looked it up and I found yeah. the clip. Yeah, I don't know if he did it intentionally or not. Um, I tend to give him the benefit of the doubt because apparently there was an apology afterwards. Anyway, oh, was he, there? He, That's oh, what he, I was yeah, trying he, to look he, it he, up. Well, he went, okay. he went, he made sure to to like check on him and make sure he's okay. Yeah. Um, Do you see Tyler Mott out there making sure he was okay? No. Yeah, Tyler Mount was on the ice. And I did he was not like, see oh that. my God, did, I, did our guy just shoot the buck right well, at you? Well, because when I was watching the replay, I was focused on Lozon because I thought he had broken his leg. He looked, he, he looked, looked, he looked like, he, you know, when some players get hurt and they're like angry hurt because they know, like, damn it, I'm going to miss a bunch of weeks now. He looked angry like that. Well, so hopefully he's okay. That's why I thought, as we pivot to the NFL here, that's why I thought the Trevor Lawrence injury was going to be season ending. Yeah. Because if you watch uh, when he got hurt mm-hmm. in that eventual Monday night loss to Cincinnati, he took his helmet off and slammed it on the ground. Right. Which is usually Whereas like, most of us would just start to cry, right? <laughs> screaming in pain. Yeah. <laughs> un- un- Calling un- for our mothers and un- whatnot. Unforgettable screams. They were so loud and <laughs> so piercing. Uh, give us a moo cow on that. Um, I want to do one. Yes. And this is actually um, a pretty serious one. Oh. Um, Let's take a turn. What, what I learned is that when you are trying to prepare your football team, do not in any way credit the 9-11 hijackers... You do not have to hand it ...for to their coordination... I think it go without saying. ...and communication. Yeah. And that is what uh, Buffalo Bills head coach Sean McDermott learned as a story came out... <laughs> 
Yesterday, <laughs> by the way, a- hold on. Yesterday was a day in Buffalo. <laughs> it was a day. I'll, I'll just say it like that. <laughs> a story um, during, I think this was a couple of years ago. He was talking Four to his ago. team, 2019. Uh, he was talking to his team, and I guess, I don't know if this was planned or if this was just like he came out of the spur of the moment, but he was talking about the importance of communication and playing like a team. And he credited the 9-11 hijackers because when you think about it, that took a lot of communication and coordination. And, they, and you got to hand it to them. Yeah. You know what? They, they, they had a plan and they carried it out. Hold under on, we're no, told that minute, you don't, minute, don't have to hand it to them. <laughs> under no circumstances do you absolutely have to hand it to them. Oh my God. Okay, so, so the, here, it is me. now being known as like, it's, it's like... Uh, it's known as in in the Buffalo team. It's known as like the nine eleven story. So what happened here was yesterday, a guy by the name of Tyler Dunn, he's a former journalist, like with the Milwaukee Sentinel and a couple other ones. He started. He's moved to Buffalo, I think, and it started his own like sort of media site called GoLongTD.com. And one of the big reveals yesterday was this multi-part series, a three-part series, in which he spoke with 25 different people that used to work in the Bills organization during the McDermott tenure. And it was an expose of the Sean McDermott coaching tenure. Right. And one of – so, it, it, I mean, this was a big, expansive, exhaustive piece. And one of the stories that came out was, as you said, the 9-11 story. It I mean, took, he's still the coach. It took the Bills about 11 seconds after this thing came out to hastily arrange a press conference. And they're like, Sean, I think the conversation went like, Sean, is this 9-11 story true? Yes. <laughs> You will apologize for the 9-11 story immediately. <laughs> yes. And that's what happened. Yes, so, I will do that. So McDermott got up I there. think he he had already apologized to the team. Like, but not publicly. Not publicly. To, He's you know, like, all the don't people. ever tell anyone this story. Yeah. Now, he he tried to frame it like I was, uh, I was making a speech about teamwork and planning and execution, and then I alluded to 9-11. But a lot of people said, no, no. Your entire premise was that they did a really good job. Yeah, think of the coordination they would have had to do. Think right. of all the things they had to do. That's preparation, folks. So to sum up Jason's what we learned, I will... Hey, don't do that. Don't just don't. If you're going to talk about teamwork and execution, find another example. Maybe a sports example? Mookow. Yeah. Well, we're way up against it for time. Uh, by the way, that's also why I made the Chiefs my lock in lock of the week. I'm like, you know what? <laughs> I thought about putting that in the tweet text, but I then thought yeah. against it. It's like, you know, sometimes the the vibes, they're not good. This is one of those times. Uh, one final segment to come. We're going to give away a $100 gift card to AJ's Pizza. We're going to do some more What We Learns and Ask Us Anything. It's the final half hour of the final show of the week. You're listening to the Halford and Brush Show on Sportsnet 650. Big opinions and good bets. It's the People's Show with Big Nazar. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Kelowna, California, West Coast. Coast. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Kelowna, baby, best place in the world, right here. Kelowna, California, Kelowna, California, Kelowna, California, Kelowna, California. Hey, 34 on a Friday.
Friday. Happy Friday, everybody. Halford Brown, Sportsnet 650. Halford and Brown of the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. We are in hour three of the program. It is what we learn time. Hour three is brought to you by Campbell and Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell and Pound. Visit them on the internet at campbell-pound.com today. Okay. Um, we're not going to get to the humanoids just yet because I do have one more of what we learned, but it's also one where I'm going to need to lean on you, Jason, as the golf guy. Okay. 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 So John Rahm, as we all know, has gone to live golf. Uh, I want to play two pieces of audio that relate to this. <laughs> the first one is John Rahm. Let's play it. I want to play against the best in the world in a format that's been going on for hundreds of years. They're like, will a lifestyle change if I got 400 million? No. It will not change one bit. Now I want to play some audio from John Rahm. Good evening. Uh, well, as you can see now, it's, uh, it's official. Uh, I have officially joined uh, Live Golf. <laughs> so it turns out the 400 million was a big deal. So what's your question? Um, what happened? What happened? Did they give him five hundred million. Uh, what happened? Six hundred million. What the hell happened that he went from four hundred will not four hundred million will not change my life. I'm staying with the PGA Tour. To four hundred million is going to change my life, and I'm going to live golf. Uh, well, I think that all the live guys are allowed to play in the majors, so Rom is still going to be able to play in the majors, and that's important. Um, and I also think um, that once the PGA Tour accepted. Saudi money, like they said, you know what? Let's stop fighting the Saudis here. Let's stop fighting live golf and let's actually get into bed with Saudi Arabia here and accept their money because it's going to be in the sport regardless. Um, I think that's when any sort of like moral argument would have been lost. And you're just kind of like, well, you know, I, I, I don't have to stick up for the PGA Tour anymore because the PGA Tour has already acquiesced and said, well, we'll do deals with Saudi Arabia. And if I was John Rahm, if I was any player on the PGA Tour, my opinion on whether or not to take that money would have changed because of the decision that the PGA Tour took. There's no difference to me in accepting a massive investment from the public investment fund versus just going there and playing directly for them. There's no difference. So why not choose the $400 million or whatever John Rahm got? Because I also think that John Rahm sees that this is eventually going to come to some sort of merger, right? right. Like it is event in some way, right? It's not going to keep going forever with some players playing live and some playing the PGA tour, right? Yep. It's yep. like, we've seen this in sports league, Countless times, right? Football eventually had a merger. The NHL eventually had a merger between the WHA and the NHL because it's not good for any side to have this competition. What is best for these leagues is to have a monopoly on where the best golfers are going. So if you're John Rahm, you're like, I'm going to take this money now because we're all going to be together eventually and probably pretty soon. Right, because the one question that I had was, does John Rahm, yes, maybe one of the most recognizable golfers on the planet, yes, the number three ranked player in the world, does he really tilt the scales to where people are going to start watching live? Peter and Cloverdale text in, 
John Rahm should just tell the truth and simply say, I turned down a lot of live money previously because the PGA Tour asked me to be loyal and insisted there, insisted there would be no coming back. Then the PGA Tour tried to go into business behind my back with the same people they told me not to do business with. Right. That was disappointing and something that made me reconsider everything. So now I'm making the move to live because I'm not going to be dumb enough to pass on hundreds of millions of dollars again, not when I also have these exemptions to majors that this year's Masters win gives me. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Who texted that in? Peter and Cloverdale. Damn, he should host the show. That was really well done and very succinct. Ooh, he's going to win, <laughs> Mr. Hutz. <laughs> uh, okay, I think I got my answers on that one. Moo Cow, John Rahman is $400 million. Fire up the Dot Matrix. Can I just say that the PJ Tour has the weakest leadership? Well, like you just, Jay, one, you just said it. Yeah. Two, uh, Jay Monahan is like a sad man. Like I, I, I might take Randy Ambrosi over wow. Jay Monahan for <laughs> what he's doing. That is amazing. Yeah, that is an amazing comment. Actually, Randy Ambrosi would be really interesting in the in that situation. You have a lot of ideas, right? Yeah, you have a lot of interesting ideas. Have you guys thought about setting up a league in Tahiti? <laughs> this top texter was like, so was the conversation like four hundred million? Nope, not doing it. Five hundred? Nope. Six hundred? I'm there. Okay. Yes. Okay, uh, the so we've, we've fired up the dot matrix. It's time to print out some humanoid submissions, including the winner of the $100 gift card to AJ's. Uh, this What We Learned section is brought to you by Get Fire Plan. Protect what matters most with comprehensive fire safety plans, monthly audits, and risk mitigation at $200 off. Visit them on the internet at getfireplan.com. Oh, my God! We're having a fire plan! Uh, if you want a slice of Brooklyn in Vancouver, AJ's Pizza on East Broadway is authentic Brooklyn-style pizza. Dine in or order online at AJ's.pizza. You can do either one, eat in or order out, because the next person that we're going to announce is going to get a $100 gift card to AJ's. Make sure to try the Ronnie Detroit. <laughs> and say it like that, too. Yeah. They'll and throw I hope you he out. slaps you across the face and what? throws you out of his restaurant. A-Dog should just not be allowed this Detroit pizza anymore because he originally started calling it deep dish pizza. Well, AJ was offended by that. It looks, yeah. You I know. It incorrectly identified what here. city it was from because he kept saying it was a Chicago-style pizza, even though it's clearly from Detroit. <laughs> yeah. Aside from that, keep going. <laughs> You're to, doing a great how job. How to make AJ angry in one sense. Like, can I get the Chicago deep dish, that Ronnie Detroit, please? <laughs> Uh, just put a couple of those pepperoni cups on it. Get out of my pizza Band store. Banned for life. <laughs> Sir, please leave. All right, Adolf, who won? Uh, yeah, well, it's Lincoln and Surrey, as, as we thought. He, he maintained his uh, lead there from the beginning of the show. He had that great uh, discussion topic uh, that generated a lot of discussion. Ask us anything. AUA, hashtag, what do you think is the best active, or who rather do you think is the best active generational talent from the big four leagues? Otani, LeBron, McDavid, or Rogers, Lincoln, and Surrey. So I think it's Rogers. Uh, By the way, $100 I, gift card. I think the final question, or the final answer, we all determined it, and Alfred might have even convinced me, was it's LeBron. Yeah. Because uh, we took Rogers out of the equation, and we went Otani, McDavid, LeBron, and we concluded that all these guys were like these athletic freaks. Like, we're watching things like, I've never seen a guy do that. Before, right? Yep, yep. And, but LeBron has done it at the team level, and he's done it for a long, long time. McDavid hasn't done it at the team level. Otani hasn't done it at the team level. They've still got time to do it. Nobody's saying they're not going to do it at the team level, but I think LeBron takes it there. Okay, let's do some more what we learned from the humanoids. Gary, Gary Garrison. His nickname is Gary. His name is also Gary. Hashtag WWL, what we learned. Casey DeSmith has broken a curse. What curse is that, Gary? Uh, he goes on to write that DeSmith is the first Canucks backup to register a shout-out in six years. That's not curse length. If you guessed Honors Nil- 
And as the last, I totally forgot Anders Nilsson played for the Canucks. As the last, he was one taller did, than Jacob Markstrom. Yeah, remember that? They yeah, had, remember? Yeah, yeah it was yeah. like the Pokemon evolution of Jacob Markstrom. <laughs> <laughs> what, what it looked like. Uh, if you guessed Anders Nilsson as the last one to do so in 2017, you'd be correct. Funnily enough, also against the stupid Wild. Back on October 24th of 2017. I like that he called them the stupid wild. Someone else pointed out that... Yeah, I kind of like this stupid wild. It's amazing that in the um, lifespan, which isn't very long of the Minnesota wild, they have been identified as a boring hockey team for the entirety of it. Yeah. Like from the from the early onset, the West Walls and mm-hmm. uh, Richard Park and Will, Willie Mitchell I era. think they're the NHL team I care about the least. Like it's like them in probably Dallas. Or Even like, when they're decent Colum- though, it's well, like... Yeah, but Columbus is so much hilarious stuff happened to them that I can't put them in that category. Yeah, yeah, Minnesota's just annoying though, even when they're good. Because it's like, oh God, we played Minnesota. Yeah. Like, it's going to be... Yeah, they're they're going to beat us. They, they, be they've game. always been good, but not great. And I think that a lot of that has to do with the fact that I actually think they're more entertaining to to watch in these last few years than they have been okay. in a while. Caprizov, Caprizov changes helps, things yeah. a, a little bit, but that was like when they had Gabrick, right? There was like, um, but it's Gabrick and nobody else. Yeah, yeah look yeah. at their scoring leaders. And remember Willie history. Mitchell would do yeah, the yeah. flip pad; he just flip it out of his zone. He's like, now you skate onto it. But they've had a bunch that's our offense. But they've had a bunch of good teams, but they've never really had a great team. And I think it all comes down to. Um, or a lot of it comes down to that they've never had a great number one center. Is it fair to call them mid? Like the Minnesota? Oh, they are the definition of mid. Minnesota. Minnesota. Minnesota, I like that. Um, Ask us anything. um, (laughs) No, unsigned here. What's up with the volleyball riot in Greece? There was a volleyball riot in Greece? So I actually had to Google volleyball riot in Greece, and unfortunately, a Greek policeman was pretty severely injured um, when a mob of volleyball fans set upon riot police outside an arena in Athens. Um, It was a volleyball match between uh, Olympiakos and Panathinaikos. Like the greatest derby in volleyball. Yeah. Yeah. Someone should have been out there, though, and going, guys, 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 it's it's volleyball. (laughs) It's only under, volleyball. Like, under no circumstances should you care this much. Yeah. Do you think they were just like the soccer fans of those rivals that were just like, ah, our soccer teams don't play for a while. Let's go. Let's go head out to the volleyball match. Or do like, yeah. Is it that? Team. Is it that intense over in Europe when it comes to volleyball? Right. Like in the U.S., like school rivalries sometimes transcend football. <laughs> right. Right? right. You're like, well, what are you guys doing? We're going to a field hockey game. Get your flares. Like I think it's. Now, I will say this on a more somber note. Uh, Greek football is plagued with fan violence with the big Is club. it really? Yeah, it's got they've got they've had a lot of problems. And then oftentimes the uh the hooligans, I don't know what they call them in Greece. I don't know what the Greek equivalent is, but um it'll it will, like you said, it will spill over to other sports. So it's not really a volleyball riot. It's just they're like, "Hey, you want to go fighting?" Yeah. They're like, yeah, what do we right. got? And it's like Panathinaikos is playing volleyball at six. Let's go do that. So, Well, I know things have improved economically a little bit in Greece, but things were really tough over there for a while. So I think there's a lot of frustrated young people. Speaking of people caring about volleyball, which I'm not even sure, uh, James the Liquor Rep had a really good ask us anything he wants to know. If you had to pick a sport that you wished was more prominent or popular or featured more regularly in, let's say Vancouver, but in Canada at large, what would it be? Lacrosse. Okay. That's my pick. You didn't even let me finish nope. the sentence, which That's, is you, fine. You, you wish it you, featured more? Yeah, because yeah, he James uh, the Liquor Rep was more prominent. Cricket. Mm. 
Because I guess he's really gotten into cricket. Maybe he's into right. the ashes. Like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, mine, for the longest time, would have been soccer. But I feel like that box has been ticked mm-hmm. to a certain degree. <laughs> Some people will be like, we got too much right now. There's enough soccer. Trust me. You know, I think we should give hockey a try. Who knows? Does it get enough attention? This might be the year. Have you ever seen any good this year? Yeah. So you say lacrosse, but... Yeah. Um, big time. I, I wish lacrosse was one of the top. You, big, like the Warriors, like big for five example. Sports. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. I played box growing up, so that's... That's my go-to. I'm wondering if we'll see another evolution in F1 in Canada, mm-hmm. because right now it's the, the only races in Montreal, right? Mm-hmm. And now it was I gone for a while. They brought it back. Yeah. Now, I don't know if we're talking about, um, I guess the idea would be having another stop, but I don't know what the logistics behind that would be. Uh, I heard Vegas uh, wasn't exactly a banner-like effort, right? Like, everyone hated it. Yeah, well, it was, was a lot of expensive. People, yeah. They were complaining constantly about the track. They shut well, down the strip for shut ages. Down, yeah, well, right? Dry, Verstappen. Verstappen like hated it, it. yeah. yeah so. It's like, this is all glitz and no content. Right. Um, Andy, Andy, did you have an answer on that? Was there a sport that you'd like to see more prominently hockey sack? featured? Hockey yeah, sack? Rough stole Gaming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's got to be hockey sack. sack. Yeah. You know what I think is impressive too? Log yes. rolling. Have you ever seen it? I have. Very impressive. Really? Log yeah. rolling is a good sport. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Ask yeah. us anything. Um, this is from uh, a very long name in Calgary. Okay. David John Henry Scott, who sounds like a log roller. Sounds like an old president. Yeah. Uh, who do you guys think would be the best first round opponent for the Canucks? Great. Ask us anything. Right back into the hardcore hockey talk. Um, so I don't want Vegas, definitely. Wow. Um, I don't want Colorado if the Canucks fall into a, a wild card spot. Um, I don't really want LA the way do, they look right do, now. Who do you want? How about Dallas? Could, take Dallas. We take none of them. Take Dallas. Dallas. Yeah. In the one game that I saw this year, and I'll base my entire argument on that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, here's the thing. Okay, I, I, let's frame this question. Like I'm, not, I'm not saying people are going to be like, you think Dallas is bad? I'm like, no. no I'm it's think the lesser of four yeah, games, yeah. and they and they could in theory win that. Division. I, I guess the Jets are close to winning that division, but I just can't see them holding on here's, and winning. Here's it. an offshoot of that question. If you had to choose between Vegas and Los Angeles. LA. Really? Yeah. I would not Vegas want This is a, just a bad matchup for the I Canucks. would not well, I don't know. LA hasn't we haven't seen LA yet, but I think that's gonna be a bad matchup too. Yeah. I am terrified of the Kings right now. Well, right now, right? Yeah. See that byfield goal? So um, he's here now. He's I arrived. Was, I, so they, they beat Montreal four nothing last night. It's the second time that the Kings have shut out the Habs in the last twelve days. Eleven straight road wins for the Kings. That's to remarkable. start the season. That's a new NHL record. So I actually went to the Montreal side too early. I'm telling. You. I went to the Montreal side of things to see what they were saying about it, and they weren't even. Um, owning their own game or coming down on themselves or saying, like, we got to play better. They were all like, wow, LA's really good. Like, they just dominated us two games in a row. I think it was Nick Suzuki that said they're so good five-on-five that you're basically trying to saw them off and hoping for a power play, but it's really tough to do. They are a wagon. They're 16-4-3. and Uh, James and QB ask us anything. Are there any forwards besides Pot Colson being kept in Abbotsford to maximize ice time? That could give our team a surprise boost come playoff time. What um, a freaking boost. Not really. 
I don't think so. I'd like I th- to see I think Steve it, Baines, but I don't think he's going to give us a freaking boost. No, I don't think he's. I don't think he's going to give a big boost. I think if the Canucks are going to um, add anything to their top six, for I go, I like the way the bottom six is playing right now. I don't, don't think I change anything about the bottom six right now, except get Pew Suter back in the lineup, and hopefully he's ready to go pretty soon. Um, he's got kind of a curious interest, uh, injury there. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's a core injury or something. The only thing that we knew is no, is it's like a. Mid body injury, mid body. Yeah, I love a good mid body injury. So, I've got a mid body. I've been uh, told. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you sure do. By the way, can but I, I don't, say, but can I don't... say that someone said you look like Drysidel? Yes, you can say that. Is this, so this is out there, and this is mm-hmm. a thing. I've been tweeted multiple times. Really? Yeah. Because you, I mean, you. Kinda... There was a girl. There was a girl in our high school that would always be like, "Whatever, guys, I don't look like Kate Moss." Wow, <laughs> that feels like Respect. what you're well, saying. I, like, I you're always... saying like, guys, I know there's a lot of similarities between me and Dry. <laughs> it's it's only uh, ch- uh, neck up, I should say. And right. <laughs> I, I don't know. I just always explain to people that I just have a very generic face, and I think so does Dry you think Drysdale has got a generic face? Mm-hmm. Yeah, generic-ish. Like there's nothing. His stands features out. are. Like he's AI. Mm, I wouldn't say AI. <laughs> you can't spell Drysdale without AI. That's actually pretty hey, true. Thank yeah. you. Uh, there's Very one quick. about being recognized out in public. And I don't have it in front Kevin of me. Kevin and Burnaby, you never you. have it in front of you. Ask us anything. As radio personalities, do you get a ton of weird reactions when people see you in person? Like, I met a client in person for the first time last night, and they made this face like, oh, you don't look like you sound at all. Right. So Now uh, I want to know what Kevin and Burnaby looks like. Yeah, or what he sounds like. Um, the weirdest part about doing radio now for this long is when people say to you, oh, I recognize that voice. Because I think I have one of the most undistinguishable, unremarkable voices in the history of radio. There's I agree. Nothing, yeah, I agree. I agree. There's yep. nothing really compelling about it. I listen Keep to going. myself, and I'm like, you better come up with some content, dude, because your voice, you can't live on your voice alone. There are so many people that have great radio voices. I just don't. Think of right? Dan Schulman and then the opposite. Right, like I, Mike Alford. Well, what about Randeep? Yeah. Randeep has show. a good voice. I was every time. swooning. Yes. <laughs> He's so handsome. He's like, Randeep, what are you doing later? Like, just like, talk about the Canucks, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever you want to say. Tell me more. Uh, ask us anything from Marcus is going. He doesn't say where. He just says that he's going. Uh, talk it used the phrase hash mark down a handful of times in yesterday's presser. What is your favorite talkism? The best one, and this is more just something that he said incorrectly, but it cracked me up, is he wanted to say when things were going bad, it snowballed on us. But instead he said it pinballed on us. That was a good one. That was a good one. (laughs) So I like to imagine where something's gone wrong and then it just darts all over the uncontrollably. Oh, God, someone stop that ball. Yeah, and then it gets stuck in the clown's mouth at the top of the machine. The analogy goes on. That's his other big one. I I like it when he says, like, I'm I'm a big this type Mm. of thing. Like, I'm a big reps guy. Oh, yeah. I'm a big, you know. We We should just start saying that. Like, I'm a big pizza guy. I big just time. love AJ's. I'm a big pizza guy. You big talk it guy? On Fridays, I'm I a am big a big talk it guy. Yeah. 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 Uh, on Fridays, I'm a big ask us anything guy. Yeah. I'm a big nap in the middle of the day mm. guy. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, t- he's, you know what? I actually, Moj mentioned this during his hit, and I do agree. I actually really find when he talks to people in general, mm-hmm. but mostly media, right? When he has to explain things, he never sighs like, yeah, and he never like is like that's a stupid question. Right? Believe me, he's been asked a bunch. 
he there seems like a genuine I don't want to call it enthusiasm but an engagement where he's like yeah I'll actually explain this to you like I like hockey I think yeah. he's one of those guys that just loves talking I hockey. think so talk like, when, like when when I asked a follow-up of Babcock when he was, was still the coach of the Red Wings mm-hmm. and, and I was like he said he mentioned some mistake that they made on on the penalty kill and I was like oh can you explain that mistake he's like well I'm not going to draw it up on the telestrator for you I'm like all right thanks jerk <laughs> yeah, you're come up on you might have been onto something bro. Yeah. good luck yeah. in Columbus that's going to happen in a few just years just wait Babcock you'll yeah. get yours see you buddy yeah okay we got to get out of here for today Ruff doesn't hold a grudge though no grudges for Ruff it's real simple you'll be driven out of the game <laughs> okay we got to get out of here for today it's been a lot of fun it's been a fun week it's been a fun Ask Us Anything Friday and congrats to our winner uh, enjoy AJ's okay you got a hundred bucks to spend it'll get you lots of pizza and lots of beer go for see now- Godzilla Right, we forgot to ask you about Godzilla. You're doing that tonight? The, yeah, going to see the big lizard tonight. <laughs> I'm also going to see Godzilla. <laughs> All right, signing off. I have been Mike Alfred. He's been Jason Bruff. He's been A-Dog, and he's been Laddie. This has been the Alfred and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650.